name is Will Burns. This is the IT Superheroes Podcast presented by the Hill Country Tech Guys. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the IT Superheroes Podcast presented by the Hill Country Tech Guys. Today, we are talking with Juan Carlos Rodriguez. Uh, we discuss coffee, gaming, retro gaming, emulators, sci-fi, and just appreciating life in general, along with many other topics. Thank you for listening. The access of filler? I don't know if you've experienced that before. Because I drink uh, a lot of coffee. I mean, if, if I drink... So, like, 98% of the time I drink coffee straight black. Mm-hmm. And I like espressos just because it's condensed down form of of coffee. You just throw them back and you're done. Um, condensed can of espresso. <laughs> What's that? No, the condensed... Like, uh, can of espresso man i'm tripping over my words oh that's yeah. okay i do it yeah. all the time <laughs> i just find that funny it's just like just let's go oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah so there's a what is it called mr mr brown mr brown. it's a it's a type of coffee that they sell at the thai shop oh really uh what is the name of the place by first dance studios I'm trying to remember uh prick down plot Pricknumplaw has really good food, but they've also got a Thai grocery store hmm. um, here in town. And I've found these little cans that are like maybe four ounces. Yeah, they've got they've they've got too much sugar in them. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's it's like a hundred calories, but for that much, it, it it's a it's a significant amount of sugar. But it's a good boost, like. <laughs> I guess without eating anything, like it'll yeah. be a hundred calories, and then I'll eat breakfast. Yeah, get your day going. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. That's it exactly. And for me, I like to be cranked up all the time. Otherwise, man, I'm just not able to focus. I feel that. I really do. Especially we got. I don't know what your line of work is. Marketing, from what I've heard. Just the- uh, yeah. So mine is um, so as. The a director of client success, I do um, outside sales, account management, and marketing. And my previous job, I was a director of operations for eight years, and an operations manager five years before that. And I was on the was on the floor for a few years, taking phone calls. Mm-hmm. Um, and we at the previous job it was a very flat company, but. So, so that means that you did a lot of different jobs. So, but, but one of the positive things about it is that when something went wrong, it was on me. Ooh. So the so yes, good and bad. But the good thing is, is like I could put things into place immediately and put them into effect, and I had the the right people in the right spot to make it happen. Gotcha. So you're kind of like if something needs to be done you can just like yeah. That. yeah 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 so here it's different because i hear issues that come up or or, or positive things but i don't really i don't not haven't yet been able to come up with a game plan and enact it i've got to work with other people uh, but i do love this job a lot more than my previous one. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's a lot of good people at my previous. <laughs> there's I, I, there's a lot more people. I mean, there's a lot of good people at my previous job, mm-hmm. but uh, but here it's just it's fun and it's hard, but hard in a good way. 
Gotcha. Because challenged every single day. Right. And uh, every day I go home from work, my brain is just toast. Uh, and for like seven months, so prior to working here, I was a pre- I don't want to say an avid reader, but I like to read sci-fi. I like to read nonfiction. And most nights I was reading. When I started this job, I had no room for it. And uh, it was only until recently that I started reading again. And I, I'm not sure if you've heard of uh, Timothy Zahn. He's written uh, sci-fi novels. Most people heard about him through the his, his Star Wars novels. Gotcha. I've uh, heard Thrawn. of That name rings a bell. I just don't know like where I've heard it from. So Yeah. Maybe like it, it's like like one of those things like you've heard it somewhere you just don't know where I know what you're talking about right so. um. Um, but uh, yeah so read Conqueror's Pride mm-hmm. and it's it's a lot of fun it's one of the best one of the, it's up there as far as really good sci-fi novels go gotcha he does a good job of having an, an, an overarching timeline of things that are happening but having like three or four different storylines going on concurrently and like each of the storylines, the way that it's set up in this universe, it's almost like sci-fi fantasy. Mm-hmm. Like there's no real hard sci-fi. Right. Like they're traveling like 50 light years and time is moving at a normal speed. So it's like in reality, it just doesn't work that way. Yeah. But in this universe, that's how it works. Like you, you can travel 50 light years in 18 hours and it's 18 hours for everybody. Yeah. Um, but... In this universe, they haven't figured out how to send electronic signals in that in, in the same way. So they have to send basically couriers, so people in little quick ships to travel from place to place to, oh, to, to deliver okay. a message. Yeah, yeah. So like basically back in the old days, like with the yeah, with the, like the mail, the the people that ride on horses. Except now the horses are ships. That's right. Gotcha. That's pretty cool. Actually- yeah. So it's it's, it's an interesting concept. Mm. Um, and it sets up the the, the uh, storyline so that each of the characters or each of the people who are in each of the sections are working independently from each other, and they they don't know what's going on mm-hmm. in each of the other places. So kind of like in like of uh, the creator of the universe type of thing, where they can see everybody's like, kind of like lives as they're going along type of thing. Like it just pivots between different perspectives. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So to me, it's almost like Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Game of Thrones was the first time. It is one of the first times that I read a book where it focused one character. It was like so. One chapter was one character. Next chapter is a different character. Mm-hmm. So on and so forth. Um, and this one's kind of the same way. Um, I wasn't able to finish Game of Thrones. Hell, I wasn't even able to finish the first book. <laughs> I got like halfway through, and I was like, "Not for me." Yeah. Uh, I really like the TV show, but the book. I don't know. I've realized that I picked up like way back in the day, like middle school days when Hunger Games was around. I love mm. I love the TV uh, the movies and I was like maybe I should read the books because you know the, the books are typically better than the movies. Then it wasn't for me. I realized after like the first chapter I was like no, I don't like it. So I have that book collection just sitting dusting. And I remember <laughs> asking my parents for it too. I was like hey can I get can I can I get uh, uh, what is it Hunger Games? And I'm like they're like why though? Like you already seen the movie and I'm like well yeah but I want to see like what it's like and then, right. 
was until I should I should have read the first book before even like on a library or something. But they never had it at my like what is the middle school library or something like that. Really? Yeah. Where'd you go to school at? Uh, Northside. Uh, well, the the district was Northside. Uh, in San Antonio. Okay. So, um, when did you graduate high school? Warren High School. The uh, what 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 year did you graduate? Uh, twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen. Yes. Dang, I'm old. <laughs> when was I your graduation? Two thousand two. Oh my gosh. I know. That's man. a whole real fucking old. <laughs> that's a whole seventeen years. Yeah, like you were a baby when yeah. I was born. Pretty like much a newborn. Pretty I mean, no, you were a newborn when I graduated. Yeah, yeah. sounds about right. <laughs> Very impressive. Yeah, because what threw me, I was like, when when you talked about the the Hunger Games of Junior, I was like, how old is this guy? So yeah, so twenty eighteen. So you're, yeah, you've only. I guess what what is your previous work experience prior to Hill Country Tech Guys? Um, I did, I was a research assistant with the cyber, uh, what's that acronym? Cyber Center for Re- um, Security and Analytics, which is the a research lab at the University of Texas at San Antonio, UTSA. And I did a lot of research with them. I basically worked as a sysadmin slash doing, uh, helping out with little research projects. So mm-hmm. that dealt with the government, such so as like with uh, DOD, DOE, uh, Department of Energy, um, security, a uh, secret service, uh, and national security agency, big, big, big letter agencies type of thing. So those are the. Uh, I was part of some projects on there, and then even before that, I was part of the the SOC team there as an intern. Uh-huh. So that's. So uh, is this when you're in high school? Uh, this was in a college. College. So. So 2018. Okay, so. College was 2018 to last December. Okay. So, okay, so, so you got through in four years. Three. Three. Yeah. Good job. It took me six and a half years to get a four-year degree. It's not easy. I'd, <laughs> I'd rather take six years if it could, but I just wanted to get out because I hate school. I was like, I was funny. I was talking to Harrison about that, and he was just like, uh, I was like, well, if I hate school, going to high school, like, you know, like when you're in high school, I hate doing all these routines. Why would I pay to go to school? And I was, yeah. and I was like, you know, that's a really good point. Why, did, why didn't I think of that? But I was like already halfway in. I had uh, what do you call it? Not buyer's remorse, but what's the other one? The sunk cost fallacy. Mm-hmm. I was just like, screw it. I might as well just finish it at this point. Yeah. I've already paid so much in. So, but the, my degree is in computer science with concentration in cybersecurity. So I know I can do all types of computer things. Give me a computer, I'll probably figure out something. Most of the time, uh, I'm realizing that Windows is a very challenge for me. I worked on the opposite end stuff like Linux terminal stuff. So. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, huh. <laughs> so computer science. So as far as computer science, I guess you you've got programming, programming. as well. Yeah, yeah, pretty much uh, like deep level programming, like CPU. Like imagine that I can probably make a driver for Windows right now. Really? Yeah, that type of stuff. So interesting. Could you make drivers for like Windows ninety eight or something like that? If I can learn their, I guess API in probably like a few weeks, maybe. Maybe. Hmm. Okay. He's got some ideas brewing. I yeah. see. <laughs> no, I mean, there's um, old school games that, that are... Emulators. I know yeah. where you're going with that. Emulators. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've, I've tried emulators. So specifically one game, Baseball Pro 98. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't work on NTF, NTFS format hard drives. Mm-hmm. I guess that was just how they did it back in the day. Right. Um, but the emulator, when you when you run it, it's just oh, okay no so you're talking so emulators 
um, for like Nintendo or, or even I guess old school PCs like DOSBox. Right. Yeah. Things like that. Yeah. So when it runs in DOSBox, it's it doesn't work great. When it runs in on a virtual machine that I installed Windows ninety eight on, mm-hmm. it's very glitchy, hmm. and it's not like I even have time to play video games anymore. It's just you want it to work. It's just like <laughs> I I loved this game as mm-hmm. a kid, and I was a stat freak. Like the first baseball simulation game that I played was Major League Manager, mm-hmm. and it was super basic. Like you played. And I can't even remember if you played even a season. Like you play, what you do is you built a roster, and you played teams individually. Right. Um, so it would like team A versus team Z or team A versus team D. There was no real schedule, um, and it barely kept up with the standings. But man, I spent hours and hours, really days and days playing that game, tweaking rosters, putting people in the right spot. Right. Um, and I want to say even most of those characters on there were fictional. So I created those characters and... Do you still have those saved? Major League Manager? Yeah. Oh, no. That that was on a floppy disk. Oh. That was from like... That was Windows 90... That was Windows 3.1. So 98? That like, when, like 1998? No, I, man, I'd say like... When, so it's probably what year did we so I, we got a computer I'm trying to remember I might have been in sixth grade when we got a computer so that might have been like 95 or 96 something like that yeah and my grandma had Windows 95. So she had a newer computer than us because we had Windows 3.1 or Windows 3.11. So there was a different way of of going through and and accessing Windows. I remember Windows 95 I thought was cool because it just kept the windows up. Yeah. Uh, And every window you – so like now when you double-click on an icon or you go to control panel, (laughs) you can click through and it all stays in the same windows. But 95, this is just – it would – open up a new window every single time gotcha so every single time so like does it stack did it stack it's stacked on top of each other okay but i mean it's ridiculous and that i'm glad that they made an improvement in (laughs) windows 98 of just having it stay on the same screen right but it's kind of like i'm not sure if you ever played the, the 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 original warcraft no but the original warcraft this was before you could just click and drag and grab like 10 people at one time and then right click to go somewhere. Mm. It, this was so you had to click individual people. Right. You're probably- and, you, and like hold shift or control. Mm-hmm. Click like you had to move over, click the button to move, and then click where you wanted them to go. <laughs> so you had to click like 12 times just to get those people to move. To, to, to a one place yeah but at the time no one had come up with like click and drag right click mm-hmm. um, and that thing changed with Warcraft 2 but I, again I spent a ton of time and I, I had no idea it was just a ton of fun right um, and then when World of Warcraft came out I didn't play it for a while 
And then my roommate had it. And then I was on his computer for two weeks and I missed school. I don't think I had a job at the time. And I realized I was like, man, I'm, I can't do this. I'm addicted. I, I got to step away. I'm, I'm wasting my life. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, so anyway, <laughs> old school games. Old school games. Lots of fun. Lots of fun. So did you, uh, with all that said, did you manage to get that game working with the emulator and stuff? Like, or are you still working on that? Like, oh, Baseball Pro 98? Yeah. The reason I asked that is because uh, I don't know if you saw the YouTube video of a guy that's probably, uh, I don't know, a little bit older than me, probably like probably around your age. Uh, guy had like, I think, a NES. I don't remember. It was basically the Pokemon uh, game. I don't remember which one. But, like, basically his cartridge crashed and, like, he couldn't able to load one of his favorite Pokemons that he managed to glitch out with one of the cheat codes. And so, like, next thing you know, he contacted the YouTuber who was, like, into recovering old Pokemons from, like, uh, what is it, those cartridge discs mm-hmm. and stuff. Like, he works on just, like, weird passenger projects. And it turns out that he managed to get in contact with literally the only other person in the world that could understand, uh, like, I guess, the code that game was made on. And, like, be able to recover it to the point where, like, it was nearly the original Pokemon. But the problem was, like, certain little tweaks had to be made to make it Mm. the original Pokemon. Mm -hmm. And so, technically, it's not the original one. But it's still original enough to, like, it's basically a carbon copy, if that were to make sense. Yeah. So, like, I don't know if you've seen that kind of video. But that's basically the sum of it, if you ever get the chance. I don't know the name of it off the top of my head. But that's... um, why i'm asking that like did you is that something you were doing or planning to do like to recover your old games or what oh well so i'm not you know i don't even i I don't have the hard drives anymore i'm not really worried about the old games i just enjoyed the gameplay Mm -hmm. of baseball pro 98 going in creating characters you have so baseball pro 98 was the most expansive baseball stat game there was for like 15 years and then um uh, franchise, 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 something baseball mm-hmm. started to be released my senior year. They're like, "Hey, we're planning to have this full career mode where you can bring in old school Hall of Fame players, you can bring in current players, and then also fictional leagues." Mm-hmm. And I was all in, and then that one flopped. But then. Um, out of the park baseball came into play and like i said it was like a 15 year drought so all, all i played for like 10 or 15 years was was baseball pro 98 and then otp came out and it was too expansive i was like there's just <laughs> so much to do i mean i i got it and i understood it and i got it to the point to where i was able to i understood the mechanics of the game enough to where I could win consistently. Right. But it was still too much. Um, there was another one. I can't remember the name of it. I can see the screen, but I can't quite see the letters. Uh, but uh, that one was, it, it hit the sweet spot. It had a lot of stats, it had a lot of data, but it didn't offer just infinite options. Um, but anyway, but Baseball Pro 98 was more like that, that one in the middle. Gotcha. Where it, it gave you full careers. I think the longest 
Sweet middle spot, basically. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. I think the longest career that I ran on Baseball Pro, Baseball Pro 98 was like 125 or 150 years or something like that. That's a lot. Wow. And it like went a long time. I couldn't tell you where that hard drive's at now. <laughs> if I could, I might I might shed a tear. It's like, oh, my God, all these <laughs> players, I remember them. Uh, but I had a full deck of, of, of Hall of Famers, a full suite of uh, baseball statistics, like career leaders, things like that. Um, Think it'll still be in your parents' house by any chance? Oh no, they moved. Oh, oh, that sucks. Yeah, yeah, but you know, it's okay. I mean, because I can do it again. The thing is, like, I did that on an old computer, and it took a long time to simulate. Yeah. Now, probably take two seconds. Just, bop, 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 bop. Like, it, yeah. I mean, it's just flies through the days so it kind of takes some of the i guess some of the spark away because it used to be like i would start the simulation right i'm going to come back in like three hours and see if we're like halfway done through the season and see where the stats are in Mm -hmm. so like you had that anticipation you were waiting whereas now you just you fly through it yeah um but the issue is that it's is really glitchy in, in a VM. Um, and what, something else that I tried doing for free, and I don't think it's going to work, was using an, like a, a laptop from like 2013, 2014 mm-hmm. and putting Windows 98 on it. But the hardware... It's still too new. So, so, so yeah. there's, there, there, there's no drivers for it. Right, right. Um, so that's what I was going to say. I don't know how difficult that is but maybe I, I give it a definite maybe matter of fact i think if you do a little bit more research and you probably won't even need me to code up something some people have already delved down that path because there's a lot of uh, the community for like retro gaming mm-hmm. is expanding such as the retro pie like you can buy a pie now like a raspberry pie where you can play like old video games on like a little uh, handheld thing i can't remember the top of my head so like if you like probably do a little bit more searching like hey what are the drivers for this? raspberry pie yeah yeah not even that, not even that necessarily. Archive.org, which is the biggest like internet storage archive mm-hmm. place, which is probably where you can find like a Windows 98 uh, disk. Mm-hmm. You can probably find drivers on there too. Oh, because people. I've got a physical disk. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's got the physical. <laughs> I've had that thing for like 20 years. Because I bought it on eBay 20 years ago. I've, I've still got it because, like I said, I would slot it onto that machine on a regular basis. Right. But yeah, so archive.org, I can, well, actually, I say I have that Windows 98 disk, but I haven't seen it in a few years. <laughs> so I don't know. I it, might be hitting up archive.org. Hit that up. Hit that up first. Hit up some open source research communities because there's even on Reddit, like, there's. Probably like pop up a question if you ever read it. Kind of like, hey, does anybody know how to load this? Blah blah blah. I guarantee you, someone, someone somewhere out there has that. Um, what is it? A detailed instruction list on how to mm-hmm. do that. You know. Yeah. So. I, I you oh yeah. I YouTubed a bunch. Um, I was able to find one guy who did a walkthrough on how to do it, but I I, I didn't have the right hardware, so that was. That, that was the issue for that one. So if the, I think one of the things you talk about with, with retro gaming is that if you can find the right hardware with the right specs, you can install Windows 98. But 
I think like a Raspberry Pi, someone has to have figured out how to install Windows 98 on that because people, I mean, they, they love to go old school. I mean, just yeah. because it's, it's it's for nostalgia. Right, exactly. So, like, I'm, I guarantee, like I said, I guarantee you someone's out there. And if not, you'll probably be the first person to, you know, be able to at least contribute something to that um, community. Because I know, like, especially with Pokemon, there's a huge community out there, especially with all the retro stuff. Mm-hmm. So there's probably someone out there, especially with, I know, I don't know if you played any other, like, sports games, that type of sports games. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you that some people are like, hey, I wonder what it's like back in the old days. And probably did a little more research. It's like, oh, my gosh, like, check out these old games. And, like, that community, I know that community in itself is probably, like, a little bit more active in mm-hmm. finding out, like, what are some ways to get these virtual games on it. And you wouldn't be the first uh, person to actually to get that stuff running on older hardware. But the problem is right now, since we're, you know, we're actually closer to, I think, 2050 than we are to, like, 1999. Most of that, all that hardware is, you know, slowly going away. So it's going to get harder and harder to find it. So if you ever do get the chance to pick up those old hardwares that you had from your childhood, I would say get to it now before it's Dang. too late. Yeah. So. We're closer to 2050? Something like that. 2050, 2030. I can't remember what I year. guess so. <laughs> yeah, 28 years, 1990, or Dang. even 1992, 30 years ago. So. Mm-hmm. Dang. I feel old. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I was a kid, like, I was... One of the things I thought about on a relatively regular basis is how old am I going to be in the year 2000? I thought about the same thing, too. Yeah, and then I was like, what's the year 2000 going to be? Because mm-hmm. I was going to be 16. Oh, I was 16 in the year 2000. Um, but for me, it was so much as... I guess some things changed from like 1984 to 2000 or even from like my... And I can remember things, maybe like 1992 to 2000. But since then, man, it's, I feel like it's changed even like those 18 years or 16 years versus the 20 or 2000 to 2016, there's a lot more change. And even 2016 to 2022, there's yeah. been a crazy amount of We've been through a change. pandemic. That's something I can say the first that everybody has been through. Oh, well, I mean, besides, I don't know. Boomers, yeah, <laughs> uh, because of the Spanish flu. I can't remember. There was another pandemic around that time, but yeah, no, that's a first. There's a lot of firsts that are happening, like just within the past three years, you know. So, first reality TV yeah. star president, yeah, <laughs> first pandemic in a long time, yeah, first time we've had inflation to this degree, and yeah, was it 40 years or something like that? And then now we're about to hit. Not our first recession, but our second recession. Yep. At least my generation. It was like right when I graduated from college. 2008. 2008, yep. How was that? How did that go? Uh, I got lucky because I worked, the job that I worked at initially, I was a tech on the phones. And I didn't think that was going to be my career Mm -hmm. because I was going to be a teacher. And at the time, you know, so Texas State has a great teaching program. They're like, you're going to get jobs. It's going to be great. And then the pandemic, the the recession hit in 2008. Rick Perry, instead of using rainy day funds, decided not to and then cut school budgets 
across the entire state. Gotta love the governor. <laughs> yeah. So all of my classmates, watching them through Facebook over time, it took them like five to seven years before they got a real teaching job. And for me, I uh, I was like, well, I'm not going to get a teacher because I planned to like 40 different places. I got one interview. And that one interview was the place where I did my, my student teaching for as, as a elementary PE teacher. Um, so I'm sure if I'd have done like special ed, I'd been able to, to be a teacher, mm-hmm. but that's not what I wanted to do. I, I still wanted to be able to play rugby, but what I loved was like kids just getting to be themselves outside or inside, you know, just playing and having fun. Right. Uh, that's the most fun I had at school or in college was that, that half semester at, at, at that elementary. Um, but I mean, if, if I couldn't do that, so I, I got promoted. Basically, I went in, I walked up to my boss. I was like, hey, what can I do to be an L2? And he's like, what? Um, I'll get you trained up tonight. So I got, I asked and I got trained up that night. And then I was a level two the next morning. And after being a level two for two months, I applied to be a manager and I got a job as a manager. Uh, and then I dropped out of grad school. I was like, fuck this. I hate school. Like, it took me six and a half years. And what's funny is that um, the last three semesters were out in the field. Mm-hmm. So I liked it. I was like, oh, man, you know, maybe I am good at school. Maybe I, maybe I do like school. Mm-hmm. But as soon as I got back into the classroom in grad school, white brick walls, I was like, get me the fuck out. This is terrible. And as soon as I got a real job, I was like, I'm out. And uh, I haven't looked back. I mean, there are times where I think about wanting to go back to school, mm-hmm. but it's so expensive. Yeah. And the I would only be doing it for like, personal reasons. And I wouldn't get any money back from it. Like my wife's a dietitian. Mm-hmm. If she went and got her master's degree, she would get like an extra thousand dollars a year, and it would probably cost her twenty thousand dollars. Yeah. It's so just, it just doesn't it doesn't make any sense to do it. Um, and then for me, if I went and got a master's degree, which both of my parents have master's degrees. Um, I would I would get zero dollars from it. It probably cost me like twenty five thousand dollars because she at least had a few credits from when she did her her internship. Right. You didn't get any credits or anything when you were down. The oh no, it was the first semester. Oh, wow. So I graduated, got promoted to level two, went into grad school, mm-hmm. and then as soon as I got that job, I'm like, I'm out. This is I'm done, done with school, and hell, I didn't. I didn't even bother. Well, no, 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 no. So what happened, I haven't thought about this in a long time, but what happened is I borrowed money to go to school and I spent that money on school and I was far enough into the semester to where I would have to pay that that $5,000 back. Mm-hmm. So I said, I'm just going to get F's. and. I dropped out without actually dropping out. 
Um, I, I don't even remember getting a letter saying you're out. Like, I guess they just assumed that I was done because I stopped showing up to class. But uh, <laughs> I, I didn't have $5,000 or $6,000, whatever it was. Right. Uh, for, I didn't even buy, I don't think I ever bought books. But, uh, but yeah, anyway, that was a long time ago. And uh, hopefully those five thousand dollars are not twenty five hundred or something like that today, right? What's that? The five thousand dollars back then, you've already paid that off, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm done. I, I, and I, I just paid off my student loans like two months ago. Wow. Three months ago. Wow. Dang, how many years was that? It's like a fucking lot. <laughs> <laughs> 14 years? 14 Some years. Some shit like that, paying like $236 a month. And it's not like a lot of my friends, they they had deferred payments where they still accrued interest um, because they they graduated from college and they were making like nine bucks an hour or eight bucks an hour. Yeah. Which is, I don't know. But we were told growing up is you have to go to school. You have to get your degree. It's still the case today, by the way. Uh, yeah, they, they still tell everybody that. Yeah. yeah. And it's just, they say that's the only way that you'll make more money. But I don't know. I just, I guess depending on where the economy's at, it can be the case. Um, I know that there are some companies out there that that's all they focus on. Like if you don't have a, a four-year degree, don't even bother applying, which I think is ridiculous. The government is very heavy on that. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Wow. I don't know. It's unfortunate because there's a lot of really smart people who work their ass off. Who School's not a good fit for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, my last job didn't worry about degrees. Yeah, It was just, what's your work ethic? Are you intelligent? Are, are, are you a problem solver? And I think it's the same way here. It pretty much is. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like it. Yeah, so. Uh, Which is probably why you're still here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've been here whopping seven or eight months at this point but again uh, a hill country tech guys is a lot of fun so what's your so far what, what's your experience been like because you've been here less than a month I would say I started back in June 1st so oh, okay. two weeks oh wow feel, it feels like a month for me honestly mm-hmm. so drives tough I will say that because I drive is because I live in San Antonio which is the northwest side of San Antonio between SeaWorld and Helmutus mm. So I have to go through uh, 410, all that craziness, and then go up straight straight up to, like, basically taking Austin. And if, if someone has a bad wreck or decides to go from a three-lane down to a one-lane, you now your commute's an hour and 45 minutes. So literally, just us, just imagine sitting down for an hour and 45 minutes is basically my commute. Or actually, no, on a, that's on a bad day. On a good day, it's probably, like, an hour and five minutes. Still an hour. So, so you're ready to work at home? Yes. Yeah. Very much so. Um, but I do like the company. I, I will say that. I matter of fact, I really wish that whoever recruits really wish I went out to the university and actually picked up a bunch of people there. Or even at the high schools that around the city, like uh, even San Antonio, Austin. Mm-hmm. I just wish that a comp- I've been looking for a company like this for like years. Really? I never found one until literally after I graduated. Peered randomly on, on Indeed is how I found it here. And um, I was just like, you know, why not? I've applied. I put in, like, that point, I think, like, 250 applications. 
some of them with big companies, Google, um, what is it, Google fell through, um, another small time company that was doing, uh, in, I think, what is it, um, finances, I can't remember what, basically they do stock exchanges, right, but with wire, uh, wireless communications, that was another mm-hmm. company, uh, some, a sock, basically I wanted to get, I wanted to be a security analyst, sock analyst. Okay. So basically imagine what the guys do out there, the technicians do. But except now with more security focus, looking at logs, looking at stuff, that's what, that's what I wanted to get into. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until I kind of like expanded just a little bit beyond that to like, you know, tech support, to knock engineer, to all that. Because I have experiences that basically covered the general IT area, but my specific focus is literally security. Gotcha. So, and programming, obviously, because my computer science degree. Cool. But that's the one thing I do wish I had I have this job, I probably would have had it throughout my entire time in college and maybe even through high school to oh, so, oh okay that's what you're saying yeah to be able to gain that experience and stuff because i rather uh the university working at the university is great right because everything's there you get to do like uh, pretty much like not whatever you want but like you kind of know everybody you know your co-workers and stuff but like when a recruiter or, or something or whoever looks at the application they're not like so you worked at this technically this one company this whole year like you know like you haven't moved anywhere else like have you done different positions but technically i've been in like five different departments within the university mm. from research to security to it to even just simple assistant work so have you ever talked with uh, mark jordan at all he, he's our director of cybersecurity. i have not you should reach out to him I, I know that we've at least thrown the idea of like a virtual chief security officer mm-hmm. um but regardless, I think he'd be interested in your background. And I, I, I know you, you got an onboarding. Pro- so uh, what were you hired to do? I was hired to do, actually, fine enough, tier two stuff. <laughs> okay. So Yeah, because um, you've been working with Matt Stevens. Yeah. Most people don't do that when they start out. They, yeah. They, they've got their own game plan. But I've, I, So I figured you were a tier two. Gotcha. Yeah, no, I'm a tier two. I'm an escalate, service escalation technician. Cool. And I do a lot of uh, uh, basically... Any anything that, that tier ones or dispatchers can't solve, I can't. I, I, they give to me, and so far it has been challenging because, like I said, my experience has been Windows. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not Windows, Linux. Uh, Linux, Linux, because I've been on command line and I pretty much know everything on that. I, mean, I very, I very, I know Windows enough to get myself around, but not enough to like basically look at a problem and be like, oh, I know what that is. Huh. So like that's that's typically my my thing with uh, computers in general if I give me a problem I'll probably be able to figure it out within like an hour under an hour for the issues that they're giving me it takes me like t- almost two hours to maybe more to solve or if like I think at one point I literally I almost reached one point where I, like I literally did not solve it until Matt with his oh my gosh like what is it seven years of experience he managed to like give me <laughs> the think hammer it was like oh it's right there right in front of me you know yeah so I'm still learning a lot. Even that's why I said those like two weeks or three weeks, but like months because those eight hours, those uh, hours are me like literally either researching, doing tickets, selling customers type of stuff. So, uh, yeah, that's what I was doing. But Mark Jordan, I've seen that name. Yeah, yeah. I sh- I want director to. of cybersecurity, and especially if security, if you want security to be your focus, mm-hmm. I'm sure that we can find a path to get you there because security, I mean that that's the future. I mean, Someone in our company just got fished, mm-hmm. uh, which is unfortunate. But 
he isn't a tech person at all. So we hired him to be a salesperson. Is that who I think it is? Because I think he told me. Yeah. Was it with Amazon? Yeah. Yeah, I know yeah. who you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't blame them. But I'm going to tell you why. Because let me give you a story. My dad, not a tech person either, right? Mm-hmm. He's a blue-collar worker. So a little bit of background about me. I'm second generation or third, I think, at this point, American. Mm-hmm. My parents' parents, which is basically my grandmother and my grandfather, were Mexican. Yeah. They, they might, Same with my wife. So... Um, they they did the river thing. They get across the river, all that kind of stuff. And my parents, uh, my mom actually grew up on the hill country area, uh, which is like Carville, Fredericksburg area. Mm-hmm. Is that her name ringing a bell? Oh yeah. So uh, like, so Fredericksburg is awesome. Yeah, I love it. Probably more south, like towards uh, Center Point, all that kind of like jazz. Okay. So that's where they all grew up, right? And they would travel around Texas, like picking up, uh, literally going out on the farms and picking out stuff, right? Um, my mom met my dad in San Antonio, and that's how me and my sister came along. I have a little sister. And so, but apparently I've just had a knack for computers since I was born or something like that because I've been playing around with technology since I can remember when I first set eyes on my first computer, which was like seven years, ten years ago. I mean, when I was seven or ten, mm-hmm. which was a little IBM ThinkPad. I remember being curious about it, picking off the keys and stuff. Well, anyways... Uh, my dad, a uh, blue-collar worker, uh, he does a lot of construction stuff, working with cylinders and stuff. So he's kind of, I would say, a very big engineer type of guy. Mm. And he showed me an email. Again, he has an Amazon account, too. That Amazon the email, phishing email, literally looked, if you were to take a, an actual email, it looks pretty much tight, similar with a few like tweaks with it. So for him to get phished like that, it doesn't surprise me because those people that are doing it, are up in their game because it's like a can of mouse game or uh, kind of like a treadmill. Faster you catch them, the faster they improve, and it's yeah. just so on and so forth. Um, it's kind of scary because now you can't just like eyeball it anymore. You kind of have to like actually like dig a little bit deeper, which is unfortunate, and people should be doing that. Mm-hmm. But you know, time. And I understand that time is time is money, and sometimes you don't even think about it most of the time. You're like, "Oh, cool, email. I'll deal with this later." And then you deal with it later, then you probably catch it, or you're just lucky. Um, for instance, like my dad, my dad sometimes looks at it. He's like, "Man, I why are they sending me emails like this? Why do you keep on doing this?" You know? He's like, "Is it a scam?" I look at it. It's a scam. So unless they're like being active with that, it's very difficult you know and i feel for those older people too that like are not like the hell is this i don't have an amazon you know <laughs> yeah so. yeah i got fished in like 2001 mm-hmm. so i was like 17 nigerian put scam <laughs> no no uh so this it was a they got most of the people at the credit union i was at oh okay. um so they sent out an email with an exact duplicate of what TDECU email would look like. Mm-hmm. Took you to the login page. It looked exactly like TDECU. You even had to click to sign in. So like you go in, it displays TDECU. Like click to sign in here. It takes you to the next page. Punch in your username and password. So I punched it in. It's like incorrect password. Punched it in again. Punched in again. I was like, well, what the fuck? And then I closed the window. I was like, I guess I'm not going to handle this right now. Right, exactly. And it turns out, like, 72 hours later, 
they just pulled an enormous amount of money out of the, out of the credit union. So the credit union had to make sweeping changes. Oh my gosh! Uh, to, to their website, to to the way they handled security. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, I was seventeen, so I had like fifty bucks in there. Still happens today. Yeah. Literally two years ago, the university, UTSA, had something similar hit the employee emails because I was an employee at the time. It looked really strange, but I clicked on the link, and I was like, "Let me try something." So I put in a random gibberish, incorrect password. Okay. Incorrect password. And no, no, I didn't even say incorrect password. It literally redirected to a different page to the university homepage. I'm like, huh, interesting. Went back to it. Literally started, uh, you know, playing around with the URL. Eventually found an open folder and managed to, I managed to grab all the people that's had their credentials. No shit. Wow. And so I, before, this was before my time at the security team. So most of the stuff I've actually seen much worse that I actually can't say on mic, funny enough. Um, really? Yeah, it's that bad. Like I, I have, uh, I have had sign stuff for, uh, what is it? Some of the things that they've told me. But this is the one few things. You haven't worked in more companies, because then you'd be uh, like, yeah. Uh, it's. I wish I could tell recruiters this. Like, you know, like I wish I could tell these stories, but like I can't because I know it's literally. First of all, I'll get sued, <laughs> hell and back, right? Right. And but like this experience I'm talking about right now, it's so. What is it? It happens every day, so it's not like that much of a mm-hmm. risk. But like to a small company like these people, like us, it's going to be very impactful because now we get the FX clients and stuff, right? But the reason I'm telling this story is because like even the hackers sometimes don't even take care of their own cybersecurity. So they, if a hacker, if it, depending on like who the, you're pissed off, they might come back and come back at you hard. And I managed to find the credentials and I was I sent this up to the security team. And when I managed to join them, I kind of like, you know, pick, take a look at the ticket to see what happened. I basically, um, I think since I was the only one that found this, um, I managed, I think the regardless, they always do password resets. So there was a mass password reset like a few months later. It was for a different incident. I will mm-hmm. say that, but it wasn't mine. Um, but like, they never really uh, got a chance to look at it because I had, I was so afraid of being caught because talking about that will actually like, it's actually technically illegal. Funny enough, because there's the, the the this with the thing with cybersecurity in general, especially with offensive stuff, which is what we're talking about right now. You like going to attack, even like you know being able to see stuff. That in itself, like kind of like just poking and prodding, is can be considered. Um, I want to say like hacking, hmm. in a, in a legal term, meaning that like unauthorized. Uh, there we go. Unauthorized access. I couldn't think of the term like unauthorized access, when it shouldn't have been. But yet it's open up to the internet for anybody to do. You know, someone illegal can be able to do this, like, anyway, and they will never get caught by the law unless, you know, they're actually after us. Whereas someone who is actually being responsible and going after that can be and can be and will be prosecuted. I've seen it happen in the news before. There was a story that hit, like, I think, like, a few months ago about, I think, a teen in Minnesota or Montana on the state website or school website. I can't remember which. It was basically a government entity, right? They put they hard coded the passwords into the uh h the the web page itself, and they found it and reported it, and they tried to sue the guy because they thought they hacked him. Yeah. So he was trying to help them. Yes. Hey, I found this, and then they sued him. Yes, they that's did. That's wild. That seems like an old person who doesn't know what the fuck's exactly. going on. Yeah, that's what it's basically brought down to. And I think they dropped the case after, like, you know, 
basically national backlash about that. Like, you know, like that's so dumb. But like, there's even smaller cases where like um, certain. So I will take. I will say this. There's some companies that have a policy in place where like if you see something like this, they'll be able to. You should. Be, you can report it without like having like it was a. Uh, so as long as you don't go public with it, it's called a. I can't remember the term. Man, I'm blinking. It's basically, uh, kind of a think of it like a grace period, right? Mm-hmm. You reported it, then after a certain while, it gets attached to a vulnerability, which is like what Mark sends out everywhere, like, "Hey, CVE, blah blah blah." That's what happens with some with some people that do this for fun or for like sometimes even as a job, they go out and kind of like just poke and prod things. Oh, I found something. Let me investigate it. Oh my gosh, I can get full access to all these machines. Yeah, let me send this over, and they'll get paid like tens of thousands of dollars. Whereas if they put it on the black market, they'll get millions. Yeah, does it Tesla do that? So Tesla, Tesla, Amazon, Google, and I think a few other companies. Uh, some companies that don't I remember because the, the, the reason that well, don't quote me on those companies because some of them might have different policies versus the other. I do the reason I'm talking about this is because of uh, the organization I was a part of at UTSA. It's called the Computer Security Association. One of the past presidents actually was a uh, very interested in web 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 pen, uh, pen testing, which is the red, you know like going into websites, kind of hacking it around. He's done like a lot of big agencies like Spectrum. He's found some stuff, reported it. They don't do anything. So like despite that's what he's told us, yeah. Uh, whereas like you know, um, to give you an example of a big agency is something called I think Ripe, which is basically the European. Um, authority that control not necessarily controls but like manages all the ip addresses so like if you were to go um get your own ip space so like if you tapped in right now into your website what is my ip address it comes out with like your isp which is like time warner spectrum not to it's but time warner spectrum mm-hmm. shows my age <laughs> spectrum at&t blah 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 well if you buy an ip address it, it it can you can make it say like you know your own isp blah 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 right those are the people that manage like handle like all that Mm-hmm. So, like, for instance, if I want an IP address, I would go through the American registry. Yeah. My friend managed to, or my friend, uh, the president who, who I was talking with, uh, managed to be able to do a little bit of pen testing on them and actually got into their, I think, Hall of Fame because they found, like, I think he found, like, a pretty significant exploit with them and managed to get, what is it, they sent him some, like, swag and, you know, put them in that Hall of Fame. So there, there are policies out there that defend it. It's just those small companies or you're not even small companies, like some of the big agencies that they don't want to be hacked because they want to, you know, keep a blind eye, I would think. I don't know. That, that or seems like just have solar winds. Yeah. So, you know, I was... Uh, <laughs> I remember the chat that day. Man, they were just like, why on earth? So the funny thing about solar winds, what do you know about it so far? So the previous company that I worked at, we used SolarWinds for our RMM. Mm. Um, and when we found that out, we were like, we got to switch because they find out. And even if even after they relabeled it to enable, mm-hmm. like, we got to go. Because we had a, uh, the VP at the time who worked to get a deal with SolarWinds got us down to like, it was like 30 cents per device mm-hmm. so crazy cheap and then we went to Datto and I think we got 80 cents or 76 cents a user, which is still ridiculously cheap but anyway go ahead so what happened with that um, I think it's a little bit 
not overplayed, but like a little bit unique in their situation since their SolarWinds is actually has multiple contracts with different government agencies. So like with the U.S. government, excuse me, like with DOD, NSA and all that kind of stuff. So they have their own equipment in there. I think because of them being interacting with government agencies and or like what is it high profile companies Mm -hmm. they became a target for nation state actors Mm -hmm. and believe it or not uh those people that work for nation state actors like you know the united even the united states russia china all that they get paid heavily and so with that money you know comes a lot of attacks so you know like different things that will do everything in within their power to get through it the matter of fact i think pretty much the the hacker's mantra is like you uh it's like um a defender needs to be protected and I just need to be right once. This is the mantra. Mm. Whereas a, someone like on our side, you know, defending, uh, we need to think of every possibility, every endpoint, And even then we're not always ready or prepared. Mm-hmm. It's against that cannon mouse game where, where we're talking about like with the scammers and stuff. Same thing with the red teamers and blue teamers. It's there. It's all that. So with that said, um, Someone, 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 someone somewhere found something, uh, was able to basically did a little bit of their own code, put it into their update system and left it in there, managed to like, you know, just stay in there and spread their malware secretly and quietly um, for about like, I think months and just let it update to all the devices that whoever contacted the SolarWinds, you know, uh, infrastructure, they managed to like, you know, grab all that uh infected <laughs> updates and stuff so that's how that's why that hack was so big and so uh like you know newsworthy was because um they've been in for months maybe even years we don't even know yeah we don't even know yeah. how extensive the or what they what they pulled exactly so and even if they did pull we don't even know what it doesn't matter at that i would think it would would have ruined the company and i'm pretty sure it has mm. and so but like that happens on a daily funny enough they people will get hacked like probably sometime today there'll probably be five major attacks that we won't find out about until probably either months or years later just you know that's crazy to think about right like for for me it's kind of like on a daily but like for someone like this just out there on their phone or like you know or just doesn't know about technology they'll be they're like what the hell so but I would say to all those kind of people, it's like it's not to be afraid. You know, it's just something you take. You know, I was talking about. Uh, I was talking to Matt again. Uh, he was telling me about like risks. Uh, like even as soon as you step outside your door, you think about uh, all the risks you don't take. So like even just like having technology on your side, there's also risks associated with that. So it's just a matter of like how much risk you want to take. You can be. You can literally disconnect from the internet and. But you still have, like, what is it? Your government stuff is online, like your photo ID, driver's license, birth uh, birth certificate. You can get identity theft from that. And you can be even disconnected from the internet. You can do everything within your power, and yet someone can still fuck up your life through that way, you know? Mm-hmm. So, but... <laughs> say lovey. <laughs> Such yeah. is life. <laughs> right? Yeah, so. that's, a, that's a good way to, to look at it. I mean, you, and you take risks every day. Every yeah. day you get in a car... Yeah, you're risking your life. Exactly, and that's actually the, one of the most dangerous things outside of like you know technology. Um, you can take, but all it takes is just one angry driver hits you, you crash into the wall. It's up to whatever happens, like our random number generator, or if you believe in a god, 
it's up to God if you decide to live or die that day, you know? Yeah. That's a scary thought, especially when I drive every day. We're going down that construction zone. People are playing bumper cars or, like, what is it? Not even bumper cars. They're playing a rescue game of, like, who can stay in the line the longest and then pass up each other. But that's just Texas drivers, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Well, we were just in uh, Nevada and Arizona this week. Oh, really? Uh, We went to Las Vegas. Or we flew into Las Vegas, stayed there for a day or two. It's expensive. Expensive. Yeah. How much I are thought, we talking? Like, I mean, every meal is like a hundred bucks for two people. Oh. It's like two. <laughs> yeah. So it was expensive. It was fun. Mm-hmm. And it was it was nice. There's a lot of good food, a lot of good drinks. Uh, and then we drove to the Grand Canyon, mm-hmm. which is about four hours away. And if you live in Texas, four hours that's that's a trip. Right. You know that's. But that's part of the deal. Right. So for us, it wasn't, it wasn't that bad. It's a beautiful drive out there. Right. Did you co- start out in the desert, and then you get into a mountain range, and it's a desert mountain range, and then slowly you start to see some shrubbery, and as you continue to drive, it turns into like uh, smaller cedar trees, and those cedar trees get bigger, mm-hmm. and eventually you run into big pine trees, um, and then more mountains, and... It's yeah, it's beautiful out there, and it's a really dynamic landscape. And when I was a kid, I thought the desert was just flat and boring. But man, as an adult, and it really, I guess I'd never seen it as a kid. Mm-hmm. But as an adult, it's I, I find the desert beautiful and, and incredible, and amazing. And while we were out there, I was really hoping to get a good look at the stars. But for whatever reason, there was a lot of haze. So I don't know if it was just really dry and windy and dusty and it was all up in the atmosphere. Yeah. But the first time we went to the Grand Canyon, you could see every star in the sky. And it was incredible and breathtaking. Was it bright? Like they always say, like kind of like bright lights in the sky? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's like the like the purples and the pinks. and the, like, I mean, it wasn't like super pink or red, but... Yeah. Like Enough was, to you can see it. Yeah, yeah, you can see it, and it's just, man, it's just kind like of nothing you've ever seen before. Got to kind of like you have to be there, right? Like you, yeah, you yeah. Go there, and experience. When, when you see it, you're like, I can see where religion came from, mm-hmm. and I can see because they're trying to explain this beautiful, amazing, incredible thing that they see in the night. Every single night. Well, I guess when it's not cloudy right. or, or full moon. It, we haven't had... It seemed like there was both uh, when I was there. <laughs> Just to look, right? <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, it's it's kind of like we... Uh, last July, we went to Estes Park, and that's the the, uh, the, the Rocky Mountain National Park. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot like the, the, the Grand Canyon. It's just immense. And... When you're up at the top, it's to me it was overwhelming. Mm-hmm. I guess the closest thing to to, to an anxiety attack that I've ever had. Uh, and once again, like I can see where people like if you didn't have a scientific explanation for things, you're like, holy shit! Like God's supposed to put this here, mm-hmm. or God put it here because it's too big and it's too incredible and it's just hard to fathom just looking out at the expanse of all these giant mountains 
when you're at the top of the mountain. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, yeah, amazing, beautiful, and again, totally see where where religion came from. Totally see where that that I guess that that that, that rudimentary thought process of trying to solve a problem, and they come up with their own stories for it. Uh, but it's cool. I totally recommend it. Big Bend is really cool too, but it's just not the same. It's not the scale. The Grand Canyon is just so fucking big, and then <laughs> and then the the Rocky Mountain National Park, again, just gigantic and enormous. And you, your I think ego gets damaged as well because you feel like you're this. Like, you're this big thing or the like or whatever like you move through the world mm-hmm. but when you see the Grand Canyon you see the the, the mountains at at, at, at a Rocky Mountain National Park you you can see just how tiny you are um, anyway it's beautiful it's amazing but both parts are fun one day with the Grand Canyon I like to trek all the way down to the bottom mm-hmm. um, and touch two or I guess nearly two billion year old rocks so that's that's my goal. I think I get do it now physically. I just got to find someone to do it with me who, because my wife she, she did a great job. We trekked three miles down, mm-hmm. and it was about a twenty five hundred foot elevation drop, and then three miles up, and she's five foot. So I get it. It's legitimately more difficult for, uh, but again, she did a great job. Uh, but yeah, at some point, I'd like to find some friends or people to go all the way down to the bottom to to, to the Colorado River mm-hmm. and then trick back up. And I think it's it's eight miles down, and of course eight miles back up. That's a trek! Oh my gosh! It's not in one day though. <laughs> you trek down one morning, uh-huh. you spend the night, and then you trek back up the next morning. Sounds like a lot of fun, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And it's crazy. Like, uh, where's my phone? But, and again, pictures, you know, they say it doesn't do it justice. And that's 100% true for the Grand Canyon. But, I mean, took too many pictures. But anyway. (laughs) All good. So you just kind of flick, flick through and you can see that. I mean, it's just, again, expansive. And as you flick through, it'll start to go down. Mm -hmm. But it's not like the view changes that much. So that's why I want to go to the bottom. Because then you get the the bottom up view. Because it's one thing to look at it from the top. I can only imagine what it's like to look up Mm -hmm. at like thousand foot cliffs. Or even further up, where it's—I want to say—it's a total of like five thousand feet. But to look up and things around you are five thousand feet, you probably can't even see the fucking top. I—I uh, I believe in it. That's it's just some amazing photos. I'm not gonna lie, you got me. Yeah, it's some pretty good photos. And even I, what I like—the one, the first one you showed me, right? It's uh. The best way I can describe it is just kind of like the horizon. Oh, there's your. Um, is this one? It's just like if you think this is your wife, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so just scroll past her. Uh, just like 
I can, I can see where you're talking about, like just admiring that. Yeah. That's incredible. I can, yeah. I can envision it, but I have to be there too, like fully experience it, you know? And I get that same experience too, especially when I, whenever, even sometimes when I drive out here, um, when you go, if you ever go into San Antonio, there's an area, like I think it's the airport, New Braunfels airport, or just like mm-hmm. a mining area. I don't know where it is, but like just watching the trees just only clear and you just see like expansion. Mm. And I'm just thinking to myself, wow, like, you know, that's amazing to me because like there's, you never realize like how much like that is just probably like, you know, five miles of this land, probably like something small, but like in reality, it's just, it's just huge. Right. And to for you to describe the Grand Canyon like that and like, you know, talk about your experiences and like, you know, especially the stars, it's like, I can understand what you're saying. I just want to be there to experience it. Like, I'm actually jealous, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I got to tell you, Las Vegas is really expensive, but the Grand Canyon isn't. So, and I want to say, like, flights to Vegas are like 250 bucks. Mm-hmm. Flights to the, directly to the Grand Canyon, that airport, it's like $350. So, uh, and if you can get, like, some of those, if you don't mind roughing it, like they've got cabins, you just got to get it like a, a a year in advance. A year in advance, wow! I think we got we did ours right under a year, and almost all of the, or I guess all of the hotels on the park were were sold out. Wow! Um, but also Grand Canyon, very dangerous. Lots of people have died there. People continue to die there. Yeah. Every year, I was talking with someone about it last week. And I, I remember reading a story of a woman who had died. I went to go look up the video, and there were three or four, not even four, like 2019 or 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021. And they were all like late 50s to early 70-year-old women who I guess they'd lost their balance and fell off and died because – They've got this 14-mile trail or path, It's and it's a road. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, not a road, but it, it's pavement. Mm-hmm. And you walk to the – there's little to no walls either. And you walk close to the edge, and it's a straight fucking drop down. Like, you will die. If you're, if you're like, looking out at the expansiveness and, like, taking it, taking it in by it all – and you happen to take a step in the wrong direction, literally die. If there's a book, it's about, I don't know, what is it, like two inches, inch and a half thick of all the different ways that people have died at the Grand Canyon. So you, you got to be careful. We, I want to say like five million people go each year and like 10 people die. So the, the odds are in your favor. You just have to be Aware. very, very careful. <laughs> And not do anything stupid. Yeah. Either. Like, um, in the book, they talk about there have been nine deaths in a park from men who were, like, jumping around on rocks from one rock to another, slip, and then fall to their death. There was one where a dad was trying to play a trick on his daughter, and there was a ledge below him, so he acted like he fell off the wall but the momentum took him over the ledge and he died oh it's depressing but most of the deaths 
don't come from falling. Most of the deaths, I want to say, come from dehydration. Mm-hmm. So people will start to hike. They don't bring enough water. It gets hot. So yeah. up at the top, it's uh, w- w- while we were there, it was 82 degrees or something. So, I mean, because you're 6,000 feet yeah. up, something like that. But at the bottom of the canyon, it's only like a 1,000 foot elevation. So you go from 82 to like 105. Oh, my gosh. And people aren't prepared for it. And they, you get you get disoriented, and you get lost, and then you die. And then you die. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bad deal. So they tell you, like, there are signs out there. Uh, one of the signs is towards the beginning of the trek on, on, on the Bright Angel Trail. It's got a guy on all fours with a red back, and he's throwing up. It, it, it's a cartoon. Like, they, someone drew it. And they're like, do not go down unless you are fully prepared because you could become lost or die. And you get down to the three-mile mark, and it says going down is optional, going up is mandatory. And they talk about how there are 350 rescues every year because people aren't prepared. And they also talk about how if you're not prepared, you could get lost and you could die. Because people die out there every year. And it's just, I know, mostly it's sad. But uh, I think I've watched a few YouTube videos about that. Morbid, what do you call it? Morbid curiosity got to me. Mm-hmm. And I watched a few of those videos, especially the one with the prank. The, that one, I was like, holy cow. Wow. People are dumb, but it also at the same time, just simple mistake. Like, oh, I tripped. And yeah. That's the end of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and like my, so I'm ADHD. Mm-hmm. My son is like ultra ADHD. Oh, and I, there's no way we'd bring him out there. <laughs> like not a fucking chance because uh-huh. I could just see him like wandering off, like his mind just goes somewhere else and just poof, falls over. Uh, there's in the in the book. There's a story about a boy whose dad worked and lived on the park and he got a new bike and it was because he had gotten older the, the brakes had moved up here mm-hmm. as opposed to braking with your feet uh, and he hadn't gotten used to that yet so he broke the bike right off the ledge oh but luckily he survived what yeah <laughs> yeah i guess he got lucky it was one of the spots like there are some spots where it looks like it's a thousand foot drop uh-huh. and like you're gone for sure and there are others where it's like a three or four hundred foot drop but it's like a three or four hundred foot drop that it's like straight down at the beginning but then gradually comes down mm-hmm. um, so maybe that's the type of ledge that, that he hit but it, even on those trails it can be overwhelming and like anytime we well, on the hike, or really anytime I look, I would stop, like look at my feet, and then look out because it's very easy to get disoriented because your brain's not used to seeing these enormous objects because it's just, I, I don't get dizzy, but like, you get disoriented. You yeah, just, I do. Kind of like as soon as I get close to the edge, it's like, yeah. <laughs> something happens and it just messes with my brain. Do you have a fear of heights? I didn't think that I did. 
until we went to the Rocky Mountain National Park and we were taking the uh, like the cut road or whatever that's basically like straight up mm-hmm. the mountain. So instead of taking the long way up, my wife and her parents decided that they wanted to go up the uh, cutback roads. I couldn't even get out of the car. I could hardly look out. I was just 100% focused on the road. And it was probably because I wasn't in control. Um, but that was another one of those where you take your eye off the road for a second and you're fucking dead. Like you just, your car drops off a several hundred foot cliff. And like my kids were in the back and I was just. That's stressful. Yeah. We we were in a, in a different car because we flew there and then rented a car. Oh, so, uh, and I, so my ankle was broken at the time. I just, it's probably because I had zero control Mm -hmm. and I just like, if, doesn't matter what I do. Like, if we go, it's it's out of my hands. My kids <laughs> and everybody die. But that's why I couldn't take my kids to the Grand Canyon. Uh-huh. I just have an anxiety attack the whole time. Like, get away from the edge. Like, do not get close to the edge. Right. I believe it. I mean, I've, I've, I've tried to ride roller coasters and stuff. As soon as that drop comes, it's like, for me, you probably already experienced it, but for me, it's like you're frozen. I have to, like... I have to like, I don't know. It's really weird. I can break myself out of the freeze, but it takes like so much mental willpower mm-hmm. that it's like it literally it feels like breaking through a wall. Mm. I don't know if you've experienced that before. But Roller that, coasters. It took me a long time before I rode them, but then as soon as I did, I realized like they're pretty safe, and. It's extremely exhilarating. So I get that adrenaline rush, and that's what I got hooked on to. <laughs> so it's, it's, now I think roller coasters are fun. Lucky you. I haven't gotten over that. <laughs> it's probably because I've done lots of crazy things. Well, uh-huh. Not lots. Uh, high school, um, there was a, I did a challenge course where I, uh, I got invited to do a challenge course, and one of the things was actually jumping off one of the big telephone poles. Like, just tethered, but that's it. <laughs> that was my first time of, like, attempting to control my fear of heights. Never, you know, that wasn't as bad uh, as actually um, Six Flags, the big tower. You seen that red mm. tower? I rode that. That's not fun. I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> but the one where I jumped off that pole, um, it kind of just, like, it's like a big, te- uh, like, pendulum. Drops you, pulls you, and then goes that one side and then back to this side and then eventually it mm. slows you down. I got not. I, I remembered the feeling of being like punched into the stomach and remembered that someone had to push me and then that's the next thing you know everything went black. <laughs> I just remembered like hanging on and just closing my eyes. That was it. Dang. That's not that's that's it's basically the best way I can describe it is like get on top probably the building that we're at right now Probably a little bit higher. Now climb, climb on top of a ladder and then jump off it. <laughs> that ground. <laughs> I didn't look at the ground. I just, I, I probably should have, but I probably would have been scarred for life. But now on that tower thing, when it launched you all the way up, when it launched us up, I remember looking over and I saw the city. I saw like literally, there's a medical, I don't know if you've seen the medical center. I remember seeing the buildings there and I remember seeing like everything else. I'm like, <laughs> and then it drops. And then I'm just like, <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm in the same boat. Again, like it's overwhelming, and like you, your stomach drops, and yeah. that's before you even yeah start falling. 
You just sit there, like, oh, let's yeah. go, and then boosh. Yeah, I don't know. But I can see the adrenaline. I can see, like, what is it getting hooked on that? That, that it, it, I will admit, it is kind of fun with the adrenaline. Mm-hmm. But in that moment, I'm scared for my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for sure. I mean, it's a real, a real legitimate fear. And I can, I can only imagine at the Grand Canyon where there's literally no rails or anything to protect it. And all you need is, and if you want to test it, just put one foot over the edge. Dude, I can't. I can't. <laughs> I, I can't. I, I look. I from a safe distance and my stomach drops out my wife was sat on the ledge and she's like come sit next to me so i sat next to her just like <laughs> clinching the, the wall uh-huh. tightly and then slowly bringing my leg over and then as we left like she just kind of hopped off and slowly brought my leg over and brought the other one over then stood up slowly because uh, in that book, there's another story, which we read after the fact, where a couple were, were doing the same thing. And the wife stood up, got disoriented, and fell off a cliff and died. Great Damn. is scary. <laughs> you just got to be very careful. <laughs> and, and for me, like going down into the canyon, I'm just focused on... Next step, next step, next step. And then every now and then I stop, look up, and it's just each time it's amazing. And that in itself is kind of like an adrenaline rush. Yeah. Um, and there are the, like, and you try to look over the edge, you can't see the bottom. That's scary. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like there, so one specifically, it looks like t- someone took a giant ice cream scoop and took out chunks of the of the wall or of, 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 of the, the mountainside. Right. And, and the mountains are like the, kind the, of... the, the, I'm sorry, the, the, the uh, canyon side. Gotcha. Um, but the mountain- th- that's where like I tried looking out, but I, could, I couldn't bring myself to get close to the edge so that I could see the bottom. But that's just how deep it is. And it's, I mean, I'm standing, I don't know, like two feet away from the edge. So it's not like I'm way back and I can't see the bottom. Like you can literally peek over and you're I, like, no. yeah, I could get closer and I might see the the bottom, but like it's just you, you should go. I'm totally really for everyone I, I recommend going at least once. Do at least the 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 mile and a half uh, trek down because mm-hmm. uh, you get to experience like what it's like to be inside the canyon again. Because like looking up out of the canyon. Mm-hmm. It's immense and it's beautiful, but as you start to go down and it, get into it, it's it's cool. It, it's a different experience. Have you been skydiving? Nope. Would you do it? <laughs> nope. Uh, we had a friend whose mom worked at Luling. She was an EMT for Luling. And there are a couple people she picked up who died. No thanks. From skydiving? Not for me. Skydiving, yeah. I used to until I met her. <laughs> And she talked to us about it. All right. I got kids. Like, I'm not going to, I can't risk my life for that one, that, that adrenaline rush. So I, I, I play rugby. Hmm. That's where I get a lot of that out. Uh, <laughs> I can only imagine because I was like, you got your arms. I see your arms. Uh, they're like, you're, you're, sw- you're built, man. You're swole. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So I, I need to get back into that. My friends got me into like weightlifting when I was in college. 
And so, but like, he's a tall dude, like, I think like 6'3, six, 6'2. Six, mm-hmm. um, he, funny enough, he lived in New Braunfels before he moved out to Dallas to work for, uh, for enough, uh, Fire Eyes, which is, got bought out by Mandia, which got bought out by Google. So, oh, wow. Yeah, so he's been through three acquisitions, but yeah, no, he's big dude, funny enough, football player, not rugby, but like, I mm-hmm. heard they're kind of similar in some cases, but. Big dude got got into that kind of stuff. How do you like rugby? I've never I've seen actually so much fun. I've played a lot of different sports. <laughs> I started playing rugby when I was twenty one. I wish I'd have started playing it when I was one. Um, it's just it's the best sport I've ever played, and I, I love or I was designed to be good at it because I played soccer, played baseball, played football, and you have to have fitness and strength and speed to be good at it mm-hmm. and when I was younger uh, I was more dominant especially depending on the skill level so um, at the D1 level which was at that time the highest in America the conference I was in there was as far as like the, so there's forwards and there's backs the backs are generally the faster guys mm-hmm. uh, I was definitely in the top five there's one guy for sure who I would say was better than me, and that's Kelly Colbert. And that, that motherfucker's still really good. Like, I'm, he didn't have kids or a wife or anything like that, and, like, rugby's just been his life, but he's, and he's still good. Mm-hmm. Um, but And I know he's really good because I, 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 I waxed him one time. Like and for me, that's one of the best moments in my rugby career when I leveled Kelly Colbert. Even though, like, mm. he's probably leveled me like right twice or three times or something like but that. Hey, but that, I got him one time. That one time is what all you need, honestly. But, and that's the thing. Like, that's how you know somebody's good is when you know that person. And you're like, I got him. Mm. Even though he's probably got me <laughs> multiple times. Right. Uh, but yeah. So, uh, but then at more of an elite level. I scored fewer tries, but I still played at elite level for probably like close to 10 years. Mm-hmm. And then I had kids or had a, a kid and really had to tone it down, which is okay. It's good. Uh, I love my kids. It's a completely different type of fulfillment. Right. Um, but then I found out like last year or year before that I had asthma and I oh. hadn't been treating it. So I, if I could do it again, I would have liked to have treated my gluten allergy and asthma. How do you treat it's, a gluten allergy? Don't eat gluten. Oh. <laughs> that's about it. Yeah. Oh, that's rough. Yeah, it creates a lot of inflammation and brain fog and it's difficult to function. But, uh, but yeah, if I don't eat it, then a lot less inflammation. I can hold a conversation. Have coherent thoughts. <laughs> uh, it's, so it does a number to you, then. No man, uh, oh, it's it levels me. <laughs> That's how did you get diagnosed? Did you just find out, Randy, for so the doctor, or like my wife is a dietitian, and this was thirteen years ago. She went to a conference, and they this is at the very, very beginning before gluten free was a thing, mm-hmm. and they're like, we've done preliminary studies that. A gluten-free diet may help kids with severe ADHD and may help kids with autism lessen their symptoms, not Increase. fully fix it. But not- like, this may help 
some people in some ways. And I, I couldn't even set the table, the dinner table, without being distracted. It took my wife getting on to me like five times to get the dinner table. Because so I put the napkins down, I'll walk away and go do something. Put the fork down, walk away, go do something. Put the knife down, walk away. Go. Again, like rinse and repeat. Anything that goes on there, I would do like half of it and then have to finish it. Mm-hmm. Like, it took me like five times. Dang. We, so we we were fighting on a regular basis. And I shouldn't say fighting. Like, she was mad at me all the time. And understandably, I was mad at myself. <laughs> so when, when she was like, hey, do you want to try this? I was like, Yes, even though like I brewed beer, I had a wall of beer, huh. like eighteen packs or twenty-four packs, just stacked up. It was a small pyramid of all different types of beers, like uh, IPAs, pale ales, stouts. Uh, you name it, you had beers, it. Hefeweizen. So I made them all, and I would have like I start off with a Hefeweizen or a Kolsch, then a Hefeweizen, mm-hmm. then a pale ale, then an IPA, then a stout. I could just I had them all. Um, and it was I loved making beer and because the thing is like, I was off Fridays and Saturdays mm-hmm. and then I worked Sunday night so it was almost like a, a three day weekend every week right it was a great schedule <laughs> uh, yeah I bet yeah <laughs> uh, so Fridays I would brew a batch I would transfer one from the primary fermenter to the secondary fermenter and then I bottle and I was doing it every Friday uh, so where I, I, I had a system going and um, anyway, I gave that all up for the gluten-free thing because after two weeks, it made a huge difference. Um, I had real gas issues too. Like while I was attempting to date my wife, uh, yeah. we had a party at my house, and I don't know what happened. I really couldn't tell you. But, uh, <laughs> Completely gone, huh? That's what it sounds like. <laughs> but uh, like, <laughs> I would like I had this real bad. I felt like my stomach was something's going on. Yeah. So I went to the restroom and I farted. It was like thirty <laughs> seconds. It was like out of a movie. Just like, <laughs> and I was like, what is happening? And then I had to do that like two more times. <laughs> was it thirty seconds long for those other two? Yes. It was, dude, it was the wildest fucking thing. It's never happened again, thank God. <laughs> I can only imagine the pain from that. Like, yes. Did you feel relief after I, that? Yes, I did. <laughs> is that the only thing that you remember? Like, from that diet, is it the relief? or like? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> the discomfort and then the, the relief from that night. And like, I remember hiding in shame. <laughs> It's like, oh, it's just like, if she heard me, she's never going to want to date me, ever. <laughs> oh, that sucks. Oh, man. But that's that, that's why I'm gluten-free. <sighs> that makes sense, actually. After that kind of trauma, man, like, I would be too <laughs> fucking freaking, oh, 30 seconds. Like. <laughs> it was calm. It was like, it was like out of a movie. Oh gosh! So what? I, you said a few months ago you had asthma, right? Like no, a few if, years ago. Oh, a few so years. I, I've had asthma my whole life. You just didn't know it. But just didn't know it. What? What gave it away? So I had a, I've had a bad cough my whole life. Oh really? But the thing is, like I ran long distance. Uh, so I played soccer. I played cross country and track. I ran the eight hundred meter, the mile, and the mile and a half. Um, so I just was like. 
and even my parents, it, it's just, that's just Will. I mean, they can't have asthma, right? Because he runs endurance races, right? Plays football, he plays baseball, he plays basketball, he plays soccer, plays rugby. Will that disqualify you from all that if they found out? Do you know? No, no, no. Okay. No, but I treated it, and instead of being like elite level fitness, I could have had like probably world class fitness because now I can. Without running near as much. I'm running like a tenth of what I was doing when I was going full bore. Mm-hmm. And I feel the same level of fitness that, or I shouldn't say the same. I feel pretty close to where I was. I can still go out there and run 80 minutes right. without having any extra fitness work. And it's just, my lung capacity is just so much greater. And I'm, I'm absorbing a lot more oxygen now too. That's good. Especially, you know. I would think that as would impede like the oxygen to your brain so you can think, you know, me even more clear. Do you feel like you think more clearly with that stuff? Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I, w- I would agree with that. Um, I've, so generally I take it in the morning prior to working out. Sometimes I'll take it when I f- like I'll feel chest tightness mm-hmm. and I'll feel like I'm taking in breaths but I'm not getting as much oxygen as I should. And I'll take a shot of albuterol. A shot. I mean, <laughs> of, of literal, albuterol. a literal shot. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and it'll it makes a it makes a big difference. So um, you have to watch for those air quality alert days too. Did those uh, even affect you? I don't. I don't know. I I was sick for like six weeks, not that long ago. Mm-hmm. So. There I was... got the flu from my daughter, and then I got bronchitis, and that bronchitis just whooped my ass Aww. and that's what I was sick with for like a month and for me I wake up at 4.30 I work out take care or get my kids ready for school take them to school come here get off at 5 go home take care of kids eat dinner hang out with my kids hang out with my wife go to sleep and Return I bust you for like six and a half hours of sleep or mm-hmm. something like that um feel great <laughs> i don't feel great <laughs> especially like when i had to, i was still trying to keep that schedule when i was when i had the flu and then when uh-huh. i had bronchitis and i should have just rested but i'm not I'm never been good at that i shouldn't say never been good there are times I when you kind of like a, i used to be lazy like i really did used to be really lazy and i had no drive to do anything but then my wife and it changed and uh, i Went from like a C student to straight A's. <laughs> so, man, just a little, little push in the right direction. It's always good. Get you going. Yeah, I feel that laziness. That's happened. Like, what is it? That got hired on June. Just been applying a month after month, uh, from January to now. So, like, I feel that. Like, what is it? Just lost because you're kind of cooped up, and then technically we're still in that pandemic. So most of the places that my friends were hanging out or just like either to graduate or to gone. So I literally lost two years from that uh, pandemic um, for my college life, I guess you can say. So I know oh, the feeling. Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. I, I know the think feel- about that. And I, I know the feeling, basically. Just like in there doing nothing. Like, well, uh, that goes on my motivation or whatever. But mm. I've kind of got it back now. Kind of good back. But the man, that drives a killer. I know what you're talking about with is it like not feeling great. Because uh, what is it? If I, even if I don't go to bed at a certain time. Which for me is like eight or nine. It's never been eight or nine. It's literally been at three a.m. Yeah, <laughs> um, feels it's rough because then I get up at 
I used to do a lot of working out, but then job. <laughs> yeah. Five, eight, uh, five, I, so I was in RTC, uh, Air Force RTC. Okay. Funny enough. Uh, even though I have the long hair and stuff. Um, we would get up at, for me, I had to get up at 4 a.m. to make it to do the workouts and stuff at 5 in, five in the morning. And they actually started at 6, get out at 7, and then I had my whole day of school, which would go on from, depending from, like, I think 11 a.m. to 5 in the afternoon. And then, like, around 3 or on Thursdays, 3 to 7 o'clock is, like, literally our leadership training because this is mm-hmm. an officer course. Oh, cool. So from 3 to 7, and I get home around 8. So literally a job's worth of two days out of the week of job worth of that, plus whatever homework I had to do get done that mm. day. So it was rough. And this is what it's feeling like. I will admit that, but it, it's fun. So not completely lazy, but like, you know, it's getting, I just feel so <laughs> drained. Like like you said, sure. I'm ready for the weekend. Like when this is being all recorded, it's the Friday, you know? Yeah. Friday weekend, let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you have any plans? Uh, yeah. Uh, Saturday, we're going to go to uh, my sister's house in San Antonio mm-hmm. for Father's Day. And then Sunday, oh, yeah, that's right. what are we going to do Sunday? Father's I don't know, we're going to hang out at the house. I think we're going to make some steaks or cook some steaks mm-hmm. at the house and hang out with the kids. I, yeah, I, you know, I don't want to say depressing. Well, I, I, what's crazy, I've had, I've had two friends die in like the last week. Oof. And both of them were sudden. One of them, he just didn't tell anybody, which is good for him because like he had a terminal illness for like two years. Oh, shit. And he didn't tell anybody. And he, I was supposed to go to his funeral, but that conflicts with, the Father's Day stuff, and for me, I was like, I can send him, I can send flowers, or I can send whatever. Mm. But I like, I need to spend time as a father with my kids for the Father's Day that we're gonna do. So we'll see. Then the second one, I still don't know what happened. Was found out like this morning at nine thirty. So I, I really, I don't know what happened. It's a uh, well, my condolences. What's that? My condolences. Oh yeah. Yeah, all good. It, it's making me more appreciative of the time that I got. Like one of one of the guys, he was thirty five years old. It's just crazy. And then Russ, I don't know, late forties, early fifties. He's got a son who's eighteen or nineteen years old, and watch the kid grow up. Um, and all of a sudden, gone. Gone. Like just boom, both of them. At least to me, anyways. Like Craig had been, uh, I guess he'd, he'd been sick a while, mm-hmm. and you know, it's like. Did you notice it by any chance? No. That's... Well, so he said that he, he had gut issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just took him out as where I thought maybe it was like IBS or something like that, and I had even been like, "Hey, man, you might want to try like a gluten-free diet or or some type of of, of elimination diet." And he was always just so fucking nice. Uh, he yeah, he didn't let on, um, and I was supposed to have lunch with them, and I actually didn't schedule it. I was like, hey, man, you, me, and Randall should all go have lunch sometime. He's like, yeah, let's do it. And then I was like, well, let me find a good time to go because I got a new job here. And, like, six months later, 
we're seven months later. I, I like it fell off my radar. Uh, anyway, and then with Russ, Russ is a, again just a really nice guy. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just surprised how quick it goes. Yeah. But anyway, on a positive note, this has been <laughs> awesome. Um, and I've kept you around a lot longer than I should have. Oh, that's but, fine. Uh, that's fine. <laughs> but I, it was such a good conversation. I feel like we can keep going. So we'll have to we'll have to do this again. Of course, I, I'm time. open to I'm open to just put it on my calendar. Just give me a holler every now and then on Teams. I'll be down to for it. I know you said over time. I do have a firm at four, so that's fine. We could have kept going for another hour. I mean, those tickets are easy for me. I'll figure them out one day. But I, <laughs> I value these type of things, right? Because yeah. listening to experiences is something that allows people to be more wise and more open and to also open more experiences. So I appreciate you for bringing me on. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Any any final words? Uh, Keep on going. Keep on going. And look forward to the weekend. You know, actually, with the friend thing, uh, some of my friends actually caught COVID, right? Mm-hmm. And they're also military. So it kind of opens up in my eyes to like, one day they might be gone, you know, mm-hmm. like like what you're just talking about. And I have some few close friends. We all kind of like drink together, that kind of stuff, because mm-hmm. of mil- military stuff, right? Yeah. Like a, and who knows? Tomorrow, the United States might declare a war. My friends are gone. They're going to be shipped out. And so, puts all that into perspective. Just appreciate life whenever you can, even though some days you might, some days you do. So I guess yeah. those are my parting words. Just like appreciate what you got. But always be open to more, I guess. Yeah. No, no, I feel, well, I mean, it's a good thought process because when I was younger, I didn't appreciate that at all. But as yeah. I've gotten older, I'm much more appreciative. And I have, I'm way more productive mm-hmm. than I used to be. Uh, and I even found that, like, I used to be addicted to video games. I've loved video games. Um, and on the plane ride home, I got mad at myself because I started playing a game that my son downloaded on my phone, or I downloaded for my son mm-hmm. on my phone, uh, called Retro Bowl, and it's just a <laughs> silly little, it's a silly little game, uh-huh. but it's a, man, I played it for like 30 minutes on the plane, and I'm like, son of a bitch, like, it's it's hooked me, so I'm trying not to think about it, like, there's a reason I don't play video games, because mm-hmm. it makes, I just want to pick up the phone, like, I don't have anything to do for the next 10 minutes. Let me just get one game in. That's how it starts. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, I'm with you. You got to be very appreciative of, of what you got. You never know when it's gone. And that's, for me, that's kind of what I've worked with since I was 21 and gotten better at it. And hopefully, I'll continue right. to get better at that as well. Uh, something else, as far as working out goes, if there's any plans on moving up to San Marcos, there's a gym right next to my house. It's well, we, we 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 work out at five thirty, but it's me, my dad, hey, another guy, and then every now and then some other people show up. Mm-hmm. But it's fifty bucks a month for small class training for three days a week. Mm-hmm. It's a steal uh, at the moment because like it's a gym that's not yet built, but they've right. got weights on one side of the the other two thirds of the building is is under construction mm-hmm. um, but yeah it's a it's fun and a, I feel like I'm training like an athlete again and as opposed to just training like a power lifter type of deal so if, if, if you have any plans moving up to St. Marcus we'll see let me know you can start working out with us we'll see
I'll definitely keep that in consideration, definitely. Though my family's in San Antonio, so that's something I will consider. But yeah, definitely. I will consider that. Okay. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right, cool. Thank you, sir. Thanks for joining. Yeah. Hill Country Tech Guys offer best-in-class support and aim to provide a world-class customer experience for each and every one of our clients. We offer managed IT support, cybersecurity tools and consultation, along with the ability to handle all of your project or infrastructure needs. If you are interested in learning more, please visit our website, YouTube, or social media pages.